welcome to The Messy Mezzo, a podcast where we discuss the messiness of midlife, emotional growth, and the journey towards achieving our goals. As entrepreneurs, mothers, and women in midlife, we bring our experience, our vulnerability, and mess to show you that you are not alone. Even though we know the path is never a straight line, we still seem to resist the messiness of it. We are not the experts and we don't have all the answers. We're here to learn, explore, and be with you on this journey. We hope this podcast inspires you to embrace the messy middle and gain the confidence to persevere. We're your co-hosts, Danielle and Casey. Join us as we turn our mess into success. I love that conversation and um, I'm excited for uh, the audience to, to hear, to hear it because I think it's, it's obviously a free tool and that's, that's what re- kind of what I hope in, in letting people access um, different tools that we all have, right. We yeah. all have, we don't need to um, you know, sometimes it's okay to like, we invest in ourselves. We learn these different things and um you know, sometimes there's practices and self-care that is you pay for and, and that this, right. The voice is something that we have, right. Yeah. We have it, it's ours and, and learning, um, how to just reconnect to the voice in ways that, um, in, you know, in ways that are healing, mm-hmm. that are, um, empowering and that are very practical, yeah. To be able to navigate this thing called life, this, this messy middle that, yeah. that we talk about. What I keep finding so interesting in like all the different practices that I've like discovered or tried over the last, I don't even know, like 20 or more years is that they all are very similar in some ways. And they all, you may have to go to someone or to take a class to learn, but and but it really is it's all within like it's all stuff like yep put your hands on your chest put one hand on your chest one hand on your belly like connect with the breath like that is so universal and so like it's in yoga it's in (laughs) meditation it's it's everywhere it's in what kelly said it's in what judy said and sometimes again we have to learn to like break down all these barriers and stuff that we've had culturally but all of this stuff is free and it is all like just how we access it and learning to just come back to ourselves. Um, And those are the most, yeah, it's just, it's so powerful when you really start to practice it and, and not to, you know, I think sometimes people get intimidated, like, oh, to do a yoga practice at home. It's going to be, I don't have that much time. It's going to be hours. And like, I always used to say to my students, I'm like, it's a yoga practice. If like your back is bothering you and you decided you should like lay on the floor and do a spinal twist, even if you just did it for two mi- 30 seconds, two minutes, the fact that you took the time to like, listen to your body, feel a thing, know that you have within you to make a change to what's happening. And you just mm-hmm. did it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's yoga. Like it doesn't have to be a one hour practice where you start with the breath work and then you do that. And it's like the exact sequence of poses, like, and it's the same thing with 
the sounding, like just the idea that Kelly is like walking. I love the idea of like her walking through like even a grocery store, like out in the world and just like, ah, like just yeah. letting it go, letting it out. Like that's, she's so practiced in it that it just like her body, her nervous system knows like, this is what I do to, to regulate when this right. other sensation happens. Right. And that's, I think, you know, what I think we both hope that we can give to people is like, just this, like, it's all accessible. It, it's all right there for you. And yeah, it doesn't have to cost a lot, but like, we all, like, we do need these things. <laughs> like, yeah, we get to a point in our lives too, which I think, you know, you and I are at where, um, you need to start turning to them more and more right? because we've for so long, it, I think like we ignore, we don't pay attention to ourselves. We're focused on work, on our kids, on our parents, on uh, our pets, on everything. Yeah. And then we get to a place where we're totally burnt out and we are in that messy everything and in order to survive that, to get through again, just these like very simple practices can get you there. Yes. And they go counter to how we're taught. Right. So even yeah. just the sake of just the experience of the sensation of our voice and, and just very much um, helps to move and, and, and helps to regulate our, our nervous system. So today we have Kelly Vogel and we're super, super excited for Kelly. So Kelly's an educator with over 20 years of experience She's also a singer-songwriter with three albums. Her passion is helping people find their voice, whether in writing, speaking, or singing. And this has led her to create Sound Passage. She's pas passionate about using the human voice as a unique and potent tool for healing and empowerment. Please enjoy Kelly Vogel. Yeah. So just tell us about yourself, the work that you do, but sort of like what also what led you to where you are right now. So again, I did mention you do a lot of really amazing things. So I guess I would, I'd like people to hear the breadth of the, the diversity of the work that you do too. Yeah. I, you know, it's so funny. I was like thinking about what I do and it's, it's really interesting to start to think about your life because, you know, as the name of the podcast indicates, like it's not necessarily linear. There's like layers. And so I was starting to think of it as like one of those pictures that has like the blue layer. That's one thing. Yeah. And then there's like the red layer and there's like the green layer and there's like so many. And I have like parallel paths through my life. Um, so I think most succinctly, I'm an educator and a vocalist. And um, my mom was an educator. She was a community college teacher. And I have really, really early memories of sitting with her grading papers. This goes back decades and decades. And a number of her students were immigrants and like going through really really difficult times politically and she would read me the stories of her of her students and their like deep troubles and struggles to like come into this country and leaving family family behind and all kinds of stuff and so it, it like got me really interested in people and stories really early on 
Um, and my dad too ran a lecture series and he would bring in people kind of like talking head people to give speeches. And so I was sort of steeped in this world of like learning about people and learning about the world really early on. Of course, I decided I was going to do none of those things and I didn't want to be anything like my parents. And then all of a sudden I'm getting a master's degree in literature and I'm a community college English teacher. So, um, so at that theme of like stories and all that stuff just like stuck with me. So I, I was um, a community college English teacher for many, many years. We moved here from the West Coast. I forgot to say that I'm from California. Um, and then there's a bunch of things that sort of unfolded here. But I also, before I talk about that, I want to go back and say like my parallel life is in music and that I always sang I hummed I just was always kind of singing I played piano starting at like five or six and I was in choirs and courses starting at like in fifth grade and it just came kind of naturally to me but I didn't think much of it I didn't have any like standout solo parts I was not like jumping into the limelight that was just never my thing in fact I had this kind of thing where I need to be sort of in the background and you know, college came and went. I sang a little bit and then I got started in my 20s trying to figure out what I was doing, but I missed singing so much. And I decided I needed to find some outlet for it. And I found this like incredible choir in San Francisco called Glide Methodist. And it is just this incredible, at least it was then, but I think it is still now, this incredible place of like wild diversity, incredible socioeconomic diversity. Like they serve a million meals a year to the homeless and like Sharon Stone or Danny Glover would like show up or Maya Angelou would come. And then this choir was like a hundred people strong. And it was just this like wild, raucous, amazing, Methodist in name, but mostly non-denominational experience of singing. And I was like, oh, that, this is music. Like, this is really what it is. And the relationship between the audience and the hundred people on stage was just so like such chemistry. And it was just this really rich experience of music. So I just knew that I had to not just be in it, but I needed music in my life, like forever. <laughs> and that I was really tapping into something that was really special. Um, and I was in that choir for like eight years. Like that was like was my twenties and early thirties. And that kind of put me on a path to really pursue music in a, in a richer way. As you're talking, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just, I like, I feel so moved as you're like the way that you are describing the experience of being um, in this I'll call it a container. It, it was a church, if you will, right? With people really um, creating in this co-creative process together. It's I feel it in like I'm 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 hearing it and really connected to it viscerally in in terms of like it felt for me it feels like it was a coming home for you, like this is it. Yeah, and it's so magical. And yeah. and I I say that because. I grew up in, in churches, you know, I was, I grew up in Texas and moved up, up North when I was young, but we sang in the choirs, you know, and, and 
for me, it was, it felt a little bit more like a chore and yet um, also familiar in a way, because it was just something embodied and something that we do, something that my parents did. They were, they were singers in the church choir as well. And my dad is a musician playing instruments and sings, but the, the mysticism of music is, mm -hmm. it's, uh, the way, like, it's how we can unite. It's how we can experience kind of a collective emotion together. Um, and it's just so, you know, I just wanted to say that that's, it's, it's amazing. I'm so excited to like, you know, learn, learn more about your journey, but, um, I love that that is very much a part of you. I love that we're recording because I just want to write down everything you just said. Like you just <laughs> captured it so beautifully, like the mysticism of it, the co-creation, like it is like, it really is this, like, like it also, it almost becomes this thing that you can see and feel like this energy ball. That's just like right there. It's so rich. And when you're in that with other people, it's like this incredible experience. It is. Yeah. My, I have to say my, I did not grow up with a lot of music. Like my parents didn't really listen to a ton of music and I didn't grow up singing. I think I've always thought like, I don't have like a good voice or a voice worth singing. And then when I did my yoga training at an ashram, that was my first experience of uh, hundreds of people chanting together and at first I really have to say I was like nervous about it because it culturally felt so different too but that became like oh my god to have a room full of people singing it's like I understood like what I had seen happening like in churches or in temples and stuff that I I'm like yes this is like a magical thing when groups of people come together and use their voice like in unison like it is so powerful and I have to say like I've I have seen Kelly perform and I, you have such incredible control of your voice I've I I go to a lot of concerts I've seen a lot of performers I've really never quite seen what Kelly does with her voice in anyone else like it is you have such a gift and you can feel like the hat like the power like coming through you when you perform so thank you I, I'm recalling from your first episode that that you guys Casey in particular but maybe Danielle also have the power to make people cry and so I might <laughs> I am so touched <laughs> well oh, and, and here's a funny story because um I have a, a core memory in my family we joke about this is that um I, I thought I wanted to sing and, and, and I was, I think I was in my early twenties and my dad had, we had this family party and he wanted to gather all these musicians together. And then I happened to have a couple, uh, mojitos, uh, too many and attempted to sing Blackbird, which is so hard. It was, I'm, it, it, it's a, I'm not even a practice musician. My dad was playing it on the guitar and here I am singing, and um, and then there was a guy on the drums and he was like, don't quit your day job. And I and I bawled my eyes out. I completely lost it. And there's this just funny line where I'm like, the drummer makes me want to ball my eyes out. Like, I really it was quite the scene, but it's it's something that we talk about all the time. So whatever I say, you know, I have a dream to sing with my dad and and but he always is a little bit 
like we're like well you know maybe you shouldn't um but anyway I have cried from singing so that's just (laughs) yeah I I think there is some trauma in there and and actually like I'll skip some of the work stuff and and kind of fast forward to another project that has evolved over the last couple years that I think connects to what you both are saying and Danielle knows a little bit about this but um we moved from the west coast to the east coast settled in my daughter was at a school and I met a number of really amazing women. And one of the women, Robin Cody was really um, like, she knew that I liked to sing. She had like a little bit of an interest in singing. was also a dancer and a yoga teacher. And we just decided like, let's just do something like, let's do some kind of project. And we decided to rent a yoga studio and I love Northampton where you can just do that for $10 an hour and just like Mm. go play and like see what happens. I thought we were going to like, you know, have a project and then be done. But what we decided to do instead was just to like make some sounds and like, you know, maybe there was like some humming at the beginning. There was like, you know, silly sounds. Um, We started to play with like, chakra sounds which we knew a little bit of like each chakra has a word but it wasn't really rooted in anything it was more just like la la and and humming and sound like it there's really not a word for it and but we did it for like an hour and a half and it was so cathartic and it was so energizing and um it's a weird combination of like energizing and relaxing. Just, we became so present. Mm. We were like, this is amazing. Like, I don't know what we're doing, but let's meet again next week and do it again. And so we did. And it was the same thing. We just, we would kind of sit in silence for five minutes and then just start to sound. And I think our like artistic chemistry was, was great, but it was more that we were just giving ourselves the permission to make sounds. And she considers herself not a singer. And I have some, you know, I have experience, but this was not about songwriting. This was not about sounding right. This was not about creating anything. It was just the sheer, um, sheer, joy of sounding it was completely improvisational so we started to do it again and again and we did it we met weekly for I mean almost five years like it became a real thing we started to call it a name we started to talk to talk about it and ultimately it leads back to what you guys were both saying that like there's a real freedom and joy in singing and sounding but we have so many walls around it we have so much so many rules around who can sing and who can't sing what you're supposed to sound like and this is just like this is ours like it's the voice it is your voice and so you know there were many layers to this whole thing too and so this is a practice that I've now she and I had a name for it and she's kind of gone off and done some different things but I have stuck with it for quite a while now and I'm you know I lead workshops I've had a number of clients kind of doing this this work and it's like some of the most exciting work that I have that I've done and I'm trying to now integrate it into my grad school work and that's that's a whole other subject but 
what it sounds like and how it feels really most importantly, I think, because that is like at the heart of it and the soothing aspect of it and the tension around like who was supposed to be a singer and who's not is like, to me, one of like the most interesting things that I love to think about and talk about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've experienced what, you know, Kelly used my studio once or twice to do, you know, one of these sessions and we had a group of people and it was the most like, I don't even, there's really no words for it. Like I left there like vibrating literally like from the inside out and just like, it felt like, like you said, like the best massage or the best, like, but then also energizing and enlightening and all the, and a, and a release. And every time I do it, I cry. Like, mm. for, I mean, like sometimes half the session, there is something about using your voice and just making sound. And I think it's, it is wonderful to be guided by somebody who has an incredible voice and your voice, you're not afraid to be, to be loud with it. So it's almost like you're so loud. And there's been other people in the class that have really beautiful voices too, that are un not afraid to use them, that it allows you like, it's like when you're at a concert and like all of a sudden I can sing and scream the words because no one can really hear me. Um, but there is something so like such a release that happens from, from doing that. Um, and there is something like really just instinctual that like feels so good about what you have tapped into. Um, and I'm glad that you've spoken about it. Cause that to me is like a very special piece of like, yeah, you're, you're on all these different journeys and all these different paths. And then you came across this thing that is so magical. And it's like trying to figure out where does this fit into all the very structured things that were, that you do that probably make more money that probably, you know, and, and people don't understand it. Like our culture doesn't really support like, yeah, especially like women making a lot of noise. <laughs> Yeah. And you were at that one session where there were like seven yeah. of us and I was leading it. I was like doing it as like a birthday, just like my birthday. And I was like, wanted to lead the session. It was so fun and special. And with seven of us, we got really loud. And then of course, somebody came and like told us to be quiet. <laughs> yeah, of course, seven women making like loud vocal sounds yeah. is going to be threatening. And of course it was open studios. So it was a little bit loud. <laughs> But <laughs> we didn't know that start going in. Um, so, so Kelly, it sounds like, um, and I think it's much like many, many things, is that there's a sense of freedom of, you know, the freedom of expression. It's, it's that, that gift in ways that we can find our way back home because of just sort of the, the conditioning that we have in society and culture and belief systems about, you know, even for me as an ADHD kid, right, I was too much, I was too interrupted, too loud, too this, too that. And even with that core kind of memory about like, don't quit your day job, it's that, you know, really shut me down in a way. And then, but when we, it sounds like the the act of letting go of expectation of that this isn't for anything. It's for the sake of being with our voice, being in relationship to our voice without without really having to perform, right? It's like 
there's no performance necessary and that permission to to let go to relax into to discover because you know i i know even in yoga classes where you know we do an ohm i'm like it, my ohm is for for a long time it was very quiet but when i can really full on let that be there is that vibration that healing um that occurs and i'm also making the connection to dancing right mm-hmm. dancing in ways that are not performative and a lot of people's experience with dance or especially you know women is like from it is through learning a dance right and performing it in a perfect way very much in systems that you know we're educated in as well like all of these things that we're we're just meant to kind of diminish that that whatever that natural kind of way of expressing ourselves is in order to fit into systems and structures. And um, it sounds like you're really bringing in kind of the gifts that you offer and the essence of who you are is, is um, being in service to the voice and, and supporting people and women connecting back to um, themselves coming home to themselves, right? How we talked about before, like that whole process of um, just connecting back to our essence and ourselves. Sound? I, I can't wait to uh, experience that for myself. <laughs> can you can you write my website co- website copy, please? Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. Well, I'm I'm actually transcribing. I'm actually taking notes. <laughs> and Kelly, so, to, we'll, we'll it's hilarious because like I can't describe what I do with people oh that's so funny oh my gosh yes I love because it's a it's performance right the minute there's an expectation that this needs to to like produce something I am completely closed and and Ah. and and I don't know how to articulate what it is I do with people but it is coming home and it's just in you know in my own kind of my own way about it but um it it resonates yeah, no, I love that. And I think that's, that's what it is. And I've, so over the last couple of years, I've gotten really interested in the physiology of it, like what is really happening and what is going on in the body. And, you know, a lot of people have learned about the vagus nerve and the way that it, you know, it's this wandering nerve, which I guess vagus means, and it starts, I, I'll butcher this if I try to talk about it, but it goes like through your organs, it goes through your voice box. It goes up into your, your brain or into your, I should just stop right now. Um, but it goes through your, it's all right. We, 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 <laughs> we, can, we have we a edit podcast that, out. <laughs> that is neuroscience and neurosystem stuff too. So we're good. It, it kind of, it ties in really, really well. So keep going. <laughs> but it also connects to the diaphragm. And so the breath helps to simulate it. The sound simulates, so it simulates it. So it's this is in some ways like an internal massage and the vagus nerve also is um gosh what is it it's like the social the social connection mm-hmm. within the self or it like stimulates the part of the brain that is wired for social connection so it is like this feeling of coming home to the body mm-hmm. physiologically like taps into this you know very fundamental need for safety and comfort and uh, yeah yeah so it is it can be very very soothing 
to to do and there's you know that is in i think that you just said it so beautifully casey it's like in complete um it's completely the opposite of how we're taught to like use our voice and how we're supposed to articulate ourselves what what grammar we're supposed to use what tone we're supposed to use um you know how you're supposed to to sing if that's if you're lucky enough to be deemed a singer you know there's like so many so much of a framework and so many parameters around what is a is allowed quote unquote with with the voice so it it's cathartic because there's the sound there's a physiological piece happening but there's just like emoting you know it's just like you you know we don't get the freedom to just like cry in public or scream or just like you know weep gently there's just like there's a lot that yeah there's a lot under wraps yeah that we hold in or like Mm -hmm. or has to look a certain way i would i what was resonating with me right now is too that there's no words that it is just sound yeah um so it is just this universal you know like again i studied yoga and there are like there's certain sounds that vibrate in the body like you were saying with chakra sounds like they Mm -hmm. vibrate in the body differently like they're going to affect you differently and to have this yeah this universal space where these sounds and not not associated with a word Mm -hmm. um, can come out as yeah really Robin and I had some long talks about that like she would want to you know play with words you know just like she would have a phrase that she would want to play with and we would do that but I it was hard for me because words have so many associations and they take us so many places intellectually and for me the experience is a whole body experience and I wanted to protect that as much as possible so we would stick often with like ha and hum just the word hum ya hi ya we could totally practice it now i don't know what how much time we have or anything but um well, i feel like we're gonna talk to you for like eight hours <laughs> so i do i guess you know kelly it's it's up to you to like what you want to spend time talking about as well because i know this is just like a small piece of what you do and where you are on your path and your journey. So if you want to speak more about, you know, other things that you're working on or like, you know, other areas where you felt like you were going in one direction and it brought you in another, or we can keep like, it's really kind of what you want to share with us at, at this, at this point. So, you know, we could certainly make sound or you can go on to other things, but what do you yeah, like? I'll I'll do, we'll just do one quick sound and then I'll, yeah. I'll tie it into awesome. the other things. Yeah, it's there's a very simple one which is where you can you know you put your hands on your cheeks, mm-hmm. and take a nice deep breath in through the nose, and then you know think of a fabulous meal that you've had, and the sound that you might make after a wonderful meal is probably like a. Mm. Mm. You might be able to feel some resonance there in your cheeks. Mm-hmm. And in sessions, I'll start with this, but we'll like play with different parts. Like you can do one more on the kind of the bridge of your nose, like your your sinus area. Mm-hmm. 
So taking mm. your fingers and putting that yes. on the bridge of your nose. Yes, exactly. Kind of lining that. So I even have like the tips of my fingers almost like in the corners of my eyes, kind of along the, the nasal, the nose. But you can put your whole hand over the your full nose and then do that same sound. Mm. You can feel it in your cheeks. You can feel it in your hands. You can just start to feel the vibration. And it it's a practice that helps make us aware of like how we're vibrating all the time. Like this is happening every time you speak, right? It, that sound makes it more obvious. Anyway. And it, it, it sounds like also the, the, the kind of the, the brain body connection, right? So when we think about, um, transitions, like meaning when we're moving from one thing to a next, when we're in a, st a state of uncertainty, which is, is, um, I think as human beings, we have a, a, a challenge with it because it's the unknown, but, but the mm -hmm. reality is that everything is unknown, but yes. what I, what I'm hearing in, 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 in your gift and your work is the the really dropping into the body using the voice mm -hmm. sensing right our because our, like when we sense things our sensations in our body we live our we live through our bodies that's how we experience life that's how we yeah. experience our emotions if we are stressed if we are worried if we're afraid we're sensing right mm -hmm. the the tightness in our chest our heart is being a little bit more we're not breathing as, as, as deeply. So, and again, it, it, it's kind of that feedback in that we're ready to fight or flight. And so this is that, it's that, that neuro, I guess it's neurofeedback or are using our bodies, but, mm -hmm. and I love the voice aspect of it, which I, I don't use, I use the breath, but mm -hmm. the voice aspect is, a, is another, it's another tool because it's, it's just that 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 the natural ability of the body to regulate ourselves mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and when we can um utilize those those kinds of tools to get present it helps support the the messiness of things or or like your work feels just like it, it becomes an integrated tool right and ways ways to really connect to our bodies in in because I'm always thinking, you know, drop in your body, move your body, right? Like move mm -hmm. your body, but using the voice as another access point is, is incredibly powerful, but it's also, it, it's an access point for our awareness and, but, but then the body's ability to come back to homeostasis. Yeah. That's, you're putting it so beautifully. <laughs> I, I love hearing you describe it. The other piece that I haven't mentioned is that we we did start to incorporate movement too. So we did these like very simple sort of yogic moves like cat cow and would would curate a specific sound to make along with the the movement. So there is this, you know, sort of call to to come back to the body in that way too in case you get caught up in like I'm not a singer I can't do this there's this other aspect of it too so it's incredibly it's it's very much a mind body experience absolutely and when when you talk about also like the tension right because it is our again when we are dropping in to our to our bodies that we're not we're not naturally taught how to do that and so there's 
like our mind, right, is is saying, well, this isn't really safe. And for some people who have experienced trauma, right, their trauma response is that this isn't safe. And so it's not an easy thing, right? So we could talk about it. And then when we go to practice it, so again, it's a practice and every, we're breaking through a lot of those um, barriers that we've built up over over the years from 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 those kind of core experiences, core memories, because you know whatever our relationship is to life, right? For some people, they're how they relate to performance. People have performance anxiety, so mm-hmm. if they're if they're if they're in the experience in the present moment, but yet their mind is still going, right? It's and and this is why I think it's it's important that it's facilitated by by you. And, but we could practice this on our own, but sometimes we can't, we, we get in our own way. And so the experience of that also with a group, right? So we're all kind of in it together. There's a sense that, oh, I'm not just, this is, because it could be weird, right? Like it, it's, it, it, things that are uncomfortable, um, I know for me is that uh, I don't, I don't, I had to learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, and I think oftentimes in our culture, discomfort means that we're not safe. So we fight against it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That we can't think our way out of these things. Mm-hmm. And so Absolutely. it's almost like we're overriding our our thoughts, right? And 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 our and and that like kind of dysregulation or fight or flight to have the experience of dropping in, which is profound. You know, Danielle saying, you cry. Yeah. I can imagine you cry because you have access to yourself in ways that you probably never have in your whole life. Mm-hmm. And just the beauty of that. And then, and then that, cause that's transformation. And then because you have that experience, it's easier for us to recreate it because we've experienced it from an embodied place. Like we experience it in our bodies and the wisdom of our bodies, right? I'm, I can't wait to uh, experience it. And <laughs> when are we doing this again? I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm going to be leading some sessions in the near future. So I will, I will definitely keep you posted. Yeah. Let us know. Cause we can also like post about it too. It'd be great. Yeah. 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 I'm excited. Yeah. And everything you're saying, Casey really hits home with me because my other side my other world is education and so I've been an educator for a million years and when we moved here I continued to do that but I got really immersed in educational psychology and started to rethink how I was teaching and I became a learning specialist at a at a college here and realized how dysregulated students were and I realized that you know students are caught up in this you know intellectual place and higher ed in general is this like overly intellectualized place. And so many people are struggling because they can't get back into their body. And so this has led me to grad school where I now find myself. So now I'm getting a PhD in education and studying trauma-informed pedagogy so that I can really do some systemic work and try to figure out the mind-body connection in academia, because I feel like it is just so needed. And faculty and students are kind of trapped in the system of trapped in the mind-body split, I think. 
and there's not enough space in my humble opinion in academia or in higher ed for students bodies to like you know for their their whole self so i'm hoping to integrate this is my like messy middle of like the last you know five years is like how do these things all come together where is the space for this how do i bring the voice into education and what does that even look like and do i even give myself permission to do that like I am in the midst of really trying to figure out how to do this. So so that's where I am, but in the mess right now <laughs> in the mess, I am in the mess. Is yes. that kind of how you feel that like you're in the middle of this, like of a, of a process, like you haven't necessarily gotten to like the end point if there ever really is an end point, but kind of like, is that how you feel right now? Or do you feel like you are like kind of on a, a path like a straighter path towards something I mean you know I've I've had my my voice stuff here and I've had my education stuff over here like these two parallel paths as I was saying earlier and I this is the moment I mean it's really just been this last year maybe even six months where I'm like I have to incorporate the voice like I have gone too far with this I feel like it's too important to ignore it it's a way of finding, experiencing embodiment. And why can't there be a place for that in academia? I don't know what that looks like. And this will probably be my dissertation, honestly. Like, so I'm, I'm figuring it out. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was, uh, I just drew a total blank. (laughs) I'll be here. (laughs) Well, Well, I was wondering actually, like, what was it a sensation that you had? Like, what was it like a voice in your head that was like, you you were saying, like, you just found yourself, like it keeps coming back to the, to the voice and adding this into things. But like, how, how do you feel like you were receiving that message? Like what, at what point were you like this, this truly is what I have to focus on like I think a lot of times we're in this place where it's like well I do this and I like similarly I have I mean when I tell people I just like started a podcast they're like because you needed one more thing to do but <laughs> I, I don't know like I, I am I'm passionate about all these different things and I don't want to be held in this box of like you're just a photographer or you just teach yoga or you just you know or you're just a mom um so I guess I you know I'm interested in like when other people kind of like have that calling of like, no, this is all these things. I'm going to make it all somehow come together. This is what I'm meant to do. Like, can you speak to that? Yeah. I, you know, it's because I, I mean, I, I've had a really deep sense of my own voice, like privately for my whole life. And I have played it safe in many ways. And the voice is this feels like this place where I can be like unsafe. Like I can really play. There's so much joy for me in that place. And I'm trying to, I mean, I think the most simple answer is that like, I have so much joy. Like I have so much energy when I talk about the voice, I get so excited and I'm like really passionate about education, but this thing around like embodiment and the voice is just like where, where my heart is. And I don't want to put the voice, nobody puts the voice in the corner. Like, I, I just like, it's just, it feels like it's time for me to like really bring that into the fold. 
And it's, you know, it's just honestly like uh, through my PhD process where I am really designing it for myself. And that's the nature of this program that I'm in. I have to really take my interests seriously. I have to, I, it's, it's, it's an opportunity that I just don't want to, I don't want to let go. And as I get older and I'm like, I could just do the straight and narrow, like I could just stick with, you know, the education and do this and, you know, it could look one way, but. I feel like I have to really, really challenge myself to bring in what I am wanting to do. And I think for some people, it's so easy. And I like really, you know, envy those people. But, you know, I think my own voice has been quieted through at least like through, you know, early years and early experiences. And however loud I have the capacity to be, I... I want to let that out now. Yeah. (laughs) And I think really speaking to the middle, right? Like I think we're all kind of women in our middle, middle age here. It's Mm -hmm. that we give uh, ourselves permission to kind of become the full expression of ourselves. And I love the idea or, or I love how you speak about the voice because that is your, that's, that's like your kind of anchor, right. And in ways Mm of um, your North star and that Mm -hmm. looking at it in ways that it's, it's almost like you gave yourself permission to move from your, like from that North star, from your heart, seeing based on your experience of working in the education system like really um, witnessing just the ways that we 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 can get we get it right sometimes, uh, but we get it wrong. I I call myself an integrative coach, which is so strange because I chose that name years ago, and it it just didn't feel like it it belonged to me. But in the end, it really does because we are, we tend to look at ourselves as being compartmentalized or like I'm this or I'm that, I'm this or I'm that. But the reality is that, you know, the common denominator, no matter where we go is ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that if we move from a more integrated, which actually in Latin, it means whole, right? From our whole self in that we can be our full expression. it, It definitely is a pathway that doesn't, it's not necessarily supported always, right? It's like, there's a pathway that sometimes is, is uh, let's say, laid out for us or in terms of looking at what other people are doing or, um, but your connection to yourself through your voice allows you to understand and honor what is your own wisdom and like your internal compass that there, it sounds like there came a point where you just, when you couldn't ignore it or soften it or put it away in the corner any longer, that it was like that the risk of you not following this path became bigger than the risk to go down this path, which is very much unknown, but being in that mess, the fact that you have your voice, you always have your voice. Mm -hmm. It's always there for you. Um, and, and for all of us, right. It's not, it's not just you, but that you trust that enough to be in that kind of mess while you're figuring it out. It's beautiful. 
Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You, you have put it so well that like, it's this, it's, it's so obvious that it is, we, we don't see it, you know, it's like, this is it. Like we're, we're using our voices, but we're using it in, in a very particular way. And what if there was more to it, you know, like what mm -hmm. if we could use it in much more expansive ways? And, you know, when you look at other cultures too, where like music is such an integrated part and singing, and there's not like, there's not the people who are, I mean, you know, and there are probably special singers in every culture, but singing is much more of a communal thing in mm -hmm. so many cultures. Yeah. And there are linguists who believe that we sang as humans before we spoke, like we were sounding, you know, before we had the capacity for language. It's like, it is, you know, fundamentally human to, to sound and to make sounds with others is, you know, such a powerful experience. Is there a tool that you turn to? I mean, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm wondering if it is like through, through voice and, and sound, like, when you are feeling stuck, like, is that, you know, I guess, like, can you share what kind of helps propel you when you're in a place of, of not knowing, or you're not feeling as connected or yeah, you just don't like, yeah, you don't, you can't really see out from where you are. Yeah. I, I sound all the time. I did a certificate course in integrated music uh, integrated sound and music through the open center in New York. And I learned some chants and mm -hmm. chanting is not something I have really ever done in a group and it's not something I teach, but I learned some very simple chants. And so actually I have a, a small, like a chant that I do every morning mm -hmm. for 12 minutes. And oh. I just kind of sit quietly and do that. And that is very grounding for me. Yeah. Um, a, a tool that I find very, very, satisfying is um what's like blowing bubbles or like horse lips some people call it it's gonna sound weird on the mic but you know like uh -huh. that's like this very visceral experience it's not easy for everybody to do but mm -hmm. it's just this really really nice release physically so I'll, if I'm stressed I might like walk around and just kind of make that sound yeah um but I've gotten really used to making kind of loose sounds. And so sometimes I forget like where I am, if I'm like in the car, if I'm out, I'm like, or like shake it off or like, you know, I have to be, I have to be sort of mindful of where I am. Do you? <laughs> I know. Right. Um, so I, yeah, I, I use a lot of those tools all the time. Mm -hmm. And right. when I, you know, I walk in the woods because this is where we live and there are woods and I feel very lucky. Uh, I walk in the woods with my dog early in the morning and I make, you know, I sing, I sound, and that is like just a release. So like sounding in nature is like my yeah. favorite place. And a real goal of mine is to like lead sound workshops in the woods someplace, oh, yeah. somehow, somewhere. Let's um, do it. Yes. Let's I'm, do it. I'm yeah. I'm ready. I'm totally ready. Yeah. <laughs> It'll keep the bears away. Yes, it will. It will. <laughs> I I know, Kelly, I wanted to share like after we did that um, session for your birthday and after that, I mean, I'm not currently doing it, but for about a week after 
because you did start with just that hmm sound Mm -hmm. and every morning I would get up and I'm like what if I just start with this sound and then just see what happens and I almost like I would I started it like in the shower and then like as I was getting ready and then I would just like kind of it would like turn into like a meditation and just like sit and just see where the sound went so I do I love that I you know, you presented it like that. I think like at the time, like just start with like this one sound and it does somewhat lead into something else. And I, for that week, like I sent you over, like I told you, I'm like, I was recording it every morning. Cause I was interested in like, how is it changing? Sometimes it was the same thing. Like it was the same sound and sort of like tune that I was um, doing. And I just, it it's reminding me like, oh yeah, I need, I should, that would be a, that's a good practice to do. And much like, um, you know, we spoke, uh, with someone yesterday about, or the other day about, um, you know, just these practices you can do to regulate your nervous system. And I know when I've had individual sessions with her, um, the whole idea is that you practice them when you're totally calm and regulated. And then it is interesting like you said, you, you just find yourself making those sounds. Well, you're probably making them because something in you is like, this is what's going to help me like get stable right now and get centered. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you practice those things enough, when you're totally regulated and calm, like then it just comes more natural. It's like, oh yeah, here's this tool that I can use. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but I just think, thought that was interesting. Think about what babies do. Babies coo, they make sounds, and that yeah. they're just regulating themselves, right? Before they even know that they mm-hmm. should be quiet, right? So that that feels um it's it just again connecting us back to our nature. Definitely. Um, yeah, I so, love that you did that and you integrated that. Yeah, and now I'm gonna get back so cool. to it. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know. Um Kelly. <laughs> How can someone find more information about you? Um, um, the name of my practice is Sound Passage. So they could Google Sound Passage. Um, the website is Kelly Stewart Fogel. Um, S-T-E-W-A-R-T. It's a little bit of a mouthful, but Kelly Stewart Vogel. Um, and I am working on some packages and practices um, going into the fall. So I'm, I'm just kind of rubbing my hands here about like the, <laughs> the stuff that I have planned for Amen. the fall. I'm really excited. Yeah. Um, so Great. people can look there for practices and I'll share with you. Great. If, um, and yeah. we will have it in our um, description as well. Um, Super. I could go on forever, actually, for I this know. conversation. And I keep thinking, <laughs> okay, let's. It would be more for me because I'm just super, super curious, but uh, I look forward to uh, connecting Kelly in our woods. So, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I know that was another thing we didn't say that like in this small town, like even though we have all these connections, I most recently ran into you like in the woods across the river and we were like, hey. Yeah. (laughs) It's great. Um. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, I'll, maybe I'll lead you guys through a, I'll invite you for a session or something like that. Yes. That. Well, but <laughs> thank be... you so much for having me. This is such a oh. treat and I just love what you are doing. And I'm deeply, deeply honored to be a guest. Oh, thank, thank you. you. This was so awesome. And just made me excited again to 
um, yeah, make you do share this practice <laughs> with me and others. <laughs> we force you into that again. <laughs> but it really is like so it, it's so spectacular. And for I think it's pretty common that a lot of us like again are afraid to use our voice again, especially as women. But I would think a lot of people in this culture, and it is, it just seems so like intuitive when, when you start doing it, like, oh, mm-hmm. of course, this feels incredible. <laughs> yeah. And I will also say that I've had a number of clients who are very, very nervous to use the the voice. And so part of it is just, you know, laying on the floor, putting your hand on your heart and a hand on the belly and just exhaling and just feeling the exhale. Mm-hmm. So when I lead sessions, it's, there's not a, a, a necessary starting point or a necessary endpoint. It's really about getting in touch with the sounds that you just make automatically, you know, that we make instinctually like, hmm, ah, you know, just like playing with what is already happening and then, you know, kind of moving from there. But, but yes, it doesn't come naturally to a lot of people. And so that that's part of the practice is to help people feel at home in their body, no matter what is being expressed. Yeah. I'm so excited to see how you, you know, with everything you're doing in your graduate program and like how you bring this all together. It's, it's very exciting to watch from the outside. I'm so (laughs) glad it feels like from the inside. (laughs) Yeah. I'm um, in the middle, like, but yes, I'll tell you how it goes. But that's fabulous. And maybe we'll, we'll interview you again in, in a little bit so that we can see how you're navigating that this middle process. That would be fun. Yeah. I'll give you an update. Yeah, that's awesome. awesome. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye. Great yeah. to see you. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening and joining us on this journey today. If you liked what you heard, please follow and subscribe to the Messy Mezzo podcast. Join us next time to see what mess we get into or to see if I can make Danielle cry again. Bye. Bye. Bye.